Welcome to the Help Us Love podcast, where we are doing this year. We're focusing on Wellness Wednesday, and today we're going to focus on sleep. So we have Dr. Allen here with us today to talk about sleep medicine. Welcome, Dr. Allen. Thank you for having me um, on the show. Listen to the podcast. It's it's a good it's a good it's a good show. So um, I was really excited to be on here. So thank you. No problem. So tell us more about what you do. All right. Well, um, so again, Dr. Christopher Allen, um, I'm a pediatric neurologist, but I'm also a sleep medicine doctor for kids and adults. So I love neurology, but I always tell people that sleep is my passion. And so um, my job is to make sure people get quality sleep. And then also shameless plug. Um, someone coined this term to me and I and I own it. You know, I'm also a sleep influencer as well. So I'm also out in social media for like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you ever look up sleep, Dr. Chris, I'm on there just um, doing my passion of making sure people know how to get quality sleep. That's awesome. So yeah, you're, I love your videos because you usually give a lot of different tips um, and just different like fun stuff. So you're doing really great with sleep influencing. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. It's a, it's, it's an experience. Um, yeah, I wanted to do it because, you know, it's just a platform out there and a lot of people were putting things out there already about how to get good sleep. And I just wanted to be one of those voices that, you know, is trusted that, you know, certified and, and you know where where it's coming from. So I wanted to make sure the right voices are out there because you'd be surprised at what's out there and telling how to get good sleep. He's like, if you try this concoction, I'm like, that doesn't work. Oh, right. Yeah. No, and that's the, even the, like people always say, try melatonin, but people don't know that melatonin only works in like 25, 20% of people. So that means it doesn't work in like 80%. Oh man, I can put a whole podcast on that by itself. Because <laughs> I tell people, you know, mel- melatonin can work, but it's, um, you have to use the right dose at the right. right time and also the right reason of why you're using it but for some people it's still just not gonna work not everything works for everybody you know even like blood pressure medicine all types of stuff not everything works for everybody so it's just yeah and the, and the funny thing about it because a lot of people think that like it's it's something to knock you out and melatonin does the funny thing about melatonin it does a lot of things um but for sleep it just tells you about it hey it's time to go to sleep, but you have to take it at the right time. I've had patients that would take like melatonin in the middle of the night. It's like, yeah, I couldn't sleep. So I just popped some melatonin. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. If anything, you make it worse. And so, yeah, yeah um, I always tell people like, if you're taking melatonin or want to, then you have to ask like, well, why are you taking it? Because there could be something else that's going on that doesn't necessarily need melatonin. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, cause yeah, we can get into that in a second, but I'll first, I want to tell people before we get all the way into everything um, about how we know each other. So we met a lot. We've known each other since what? I started medical school in 06. What's, where did you start medical school? Oh, now you make me date myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, actually the same. Yeah, no, six. Oh, six? Wait, oh, no, okay, okay. no, oh, five, oh, five. It was oh, five. five. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I don't know if people know this, but um, there's there's an organization that supports uh, URM uh, medical students and mostly black medical students throughout the whole country called the Student National Medical Association. Um, and so they have, you know, annual conference, regional conference. So we were in the same region. So oh, we yeah. saw each other a lot. 
We sure did. Yep. Region five. <laughs> yeah, region five, yes. Even though we are from opposing states of Ohio and Michigan. <laughs> I mean, if you want to bring it there, no. Right. We, do you know we, we, look? Do you know the part of the disagree. reason why I know do you know the part of the reason why there's like this rivalry between Ohio and Michigan? Is there there was a war in Ohio Michigan war? Do you know that? Oh, actually, you know, it's funny. I never knew that. Oh, that, that kind of makes sense. Now I need to look into that. <laughs> Over Toledo, of all places. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I guess, you know, well, I don't know who won, so I guess, like, Ohio has Toledo. I guess so. we won Toledo. You know, it's I just mean, an interesting thing. Toledo is okay split, place. too, because my friends at Ohio State, you know, we have people everywhere all over the state and so there were my friends from uh toledo were talking about how toledo is like half michigan fans and half ohio fans so it's still uh it's still a ohio michigan war in toledo yeah but <laughs> hey they're, they're, they're just closest to the you know to a great state with the great lakes and right. ohio you're welcome for letting us let you borrow two of our great lakes no, but that's no, the funny part. A, i love ohio that's the thing the state uh, of ohio right beautiful state right Great place to be, just Ohio State, you know, just, <laughs> disagree. Right. It's the same with Michigan. What's funny is when I moved to Cincinnati, I found out that people in Cincinnati vacation in Michigan. And we I went know. we went to Traverse City. It was beautiful. Like, yes, of course. It's funny because my wife, <laughs> she told me, she's like, well, where do people in Ohio vacation? I'm like, here. It's like, you know, people you run into from Ohio, like from Ohio. So, you know, as much as, you know, right. they're doing that scarlet and gray stuff. They're they're vacationing, you know, in pure Michigan. Right. No, we go we go every all over place. So, but yeah, but yeah. So we'll leave. We'll have a peace treaty for now. No. Yeah. Until November. <laughs> all right. Oh, then, it's on. then it is on. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about sleep. So we started talking about melatonin already. Um, we'll talk we'll talk about that some more in a little bit. But I just first want to know what are your top three tips that you give to people when they are trying to get better sleep? So a couple of things like, um, so the first thing I always tell patients, look, the bed is only for three things. Mm -hmm. That's my first tip. It all starts with the letter S. So mm -hmm. you're only in bed if you're sick, if you're sleeping. And uh, I think we know what that third S is for. So well, we'll just say intercourse. I don't know. But do then that. it's not an S. But people know <laughs> that. I'll tell <laughs> like, my patients that. And as soon as I say it starts you know? with the letter S, they already laugh. And it's like, all right, so you know. So right. if that's not happening, you're not in bed. If it takes you more than 20 minutes to fall asleep, get out of bed. So that's my first tip. You know, just making sure to utilize the bed, what it's used for. Now, mind you, I didn't say TV. I didn't say like, you know, looking on your phone. Um, just making sure to utilize that. And then the second thing is, is that keeping consistency. So the second tip, keeping a consistent bedtime and wake time as much as you can. And I usually influence the wake time. You wake up consistently at the same time, especially if you're having problems because, you know, life can happen. You want to, you know, people sleep in a little bit, but if you're having a problem, keeping that consistent wake time is going to help you drive getting into bed on time. So prioritizing waking up consistently, going bed, then going to bed consistently. And then finally, um, another tip is ask your bed partner 
like how you sleep or someone that's seen you sleep, you know, walking around, you know, asking like, hey, how do I sleep? Do I snore? And then you'd be surprised because I have patients that will come into my office and I make their bed partner fill out a questionnaire and it's a mind blown moment for them. It's like, wait a second, you never told me this. It's like, I snore that bad. I'm kicking in my sleep. And so getting quality sleep, I think those are the biggest three things that you should um, look into. So, um, so I can give a couple things that I try to do. So I talked before about like just trying to avoid alcohol. A lot of times people will try to drink alcohol before they go to bed to try to fall asleep, but it just interrupts the sleep too much. You have to get yeah. up and go to the restroom and then it just affects the, you know, the quality of the sleep, as you know. Um, but some, cause so many people like, so many of my patients in family medicine, they come and they say, well, you know, I drink at night to try to fall asleep. And I was just like, yes, I always tell them, like, you know, it might, and then and they show studies with it. It'll put you to sleep, but it's kind of like taking a knife and chopping up your sleep. So your sleep is just fragmented. And so it just even gets worse, you know, from there. Right. All right. So that's number one. Um, I'm trying to think what else do I do? Um, I think that for me, just having like a good bedtime routine, like, so going at the same time, but also just having like a kind of like a sleep, uh, I don't know what to say, like a, like a good wind down. Yeah, like a wind down process. Yeah, so. and, and that's really big in sleep because usually when I see patients, they um, it's important to have that good sleep hygiene. You know, I always say like the bed's for three things. That kind of goes into the hygiene of it, but a good wind down time, you know, not no like alcohol about a half an hour to an hour before going to bed, making sure you have, you know, cool, dark environment. So sleep hygiene is everything. So yeah, definitely agree with that. Yes, yes, yes. And then my third one, I don't know. It will probably just I wouldn't say, you know, try try to have a good temperature so you're not waking up um what like sweating and that sort of thing. And I guess the other big thing is like number three is if you're having trouble, go see your doctor too, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Because there's so many things that like, you know, sometimes yeah, you talk to your provider about what's happening to to try to figure out what's happening. Um, and when I see the patients, you know, sometimes they think it's one thing, but it's actually another thing. They might come in to me and say like, yeah, you know, I think I have insomnia. But the more I talk about it, it's not that they have insomnia. They may have something that's called like a delayed sleep phase disorder where their body naturally is in a different time zone. So like they're going to bed at three o'clock every morning. But, you know, I'm in Eastern time zone. So in California, that's midnight. So mm -hmm. I just tell them, you know, move to California or <laughs> or like other options. It's like doing something, move it away back. Well, doing options to get them back to their goal bedtime. And the thing is, that's not insomnia. They, they are not falling asleep, but there's a different reason why. So definitely talk to your, um, you know, provider about what's happening. Right. Yeah, because, you know, I, for me as a primary care doctor, I find that like for me, when I go see my primary care doctor, um, they don't really ask about sleep too much. So I've I've tried to focus a lot on that in my visits because I've noticed like like one of the biggest things, if I see somebody's blood pressure high, I'll say, did you sleep last night? You know, yeah. <laughs> because I've noticed that a lot of patients whose blood pressure is just all of a sudden high is because they didn't sleep well. And the funny thing is, is that if you even think back at med school, um, my med school had like one lecture of the four years I was there dedicated to like sleep. And so one thing in the um, sleep medicine world, we're really about advocating about educating about getting quality sleep and help sleep um, and getting healthy sleep and making sure that the, letting people know about like the sleep disorders that are out there. 
because, you know, and I always joke, you know, because I'm I'm very fortunate to be like a, a neurologist and a sleep doctor. And a lot of people will play sleep doctors like, oh, sleep apnea, just get them treated. No one ever wants to play neurologist like <laughs> they'll, they'll refer in a heartbeat. Oh, having a seizure. Oh, but the thing is, is that, you know, um, that's my I feel like one of my passion projects in like my um, career is putting a mark on there about getting um, like of sleep medicine, you know, right. letting people know that, yes, if I'm snoring, there might be a problem. Doesn't right. mean everyone that snores is a problem, but there might be a problem. Right. Yeah. And I think I think the biggest thing is just that sleeping, sleeping are in like our society isn't really uh, prioritized. So that's the other big thing is like a lot of people have no idea how much sleep they're supposed to get. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really think that because that's what I'm saying. A lot of doctors don't ask about sleep, but it's very rare that people come and tell me they're not sleeping. Yeah. And so I have to be the one to ask them, like, because I it's it's kind of a personal thing for me because I spent a lot of years of my life not sleeping well. And a lot of it was hormone influence from birth control. And nobody ever asked me, like, oh, you on this birth control? Are you sleeping? Or, you know, like we don't check in enough. I feel like I do. You know, <laughs> because I'm a private care doctor, I prescribe birth control, that sort of thing. Um, but that's why I do it because from my personal experience, I found that after I got off birth control, I sleep so much better. Yeah. And one thing about just getting quality sleep, um, a lot of people and like, and I've been um, guilty of this as well. The first thing people will sacrifice is sleep. Mm -hmm. If you think you're in college, like, oh man, I have this final coming up. What do people do? Stay up late. (laughs) When we're in med school and you have that, like, you know, that exam, you know, before um, you're, before the section's over, you stay up late. And so a lot of and people residency is the oh, worst. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because that's and why I never best... even talked about it. I was on I was in residency most of the time when I was on birth control. So it probably helped me get through residency that I didn't sleep very well, you know? And so that's what's hard is like sometimes people are not sleeping well, but they're able to accomplish so many things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the like... funny thing is is that yeah, people are, but the thing is is that they've shown studies that when you get quality sleep, your performance is even better. Exactly. And like that's why we have regulations like in residency about getting, right. you know, quality sleep from where it is. And, you know, a lot of people like will sacrifice that. And so yeah, it's on us to to do that. And that's why when I see my patients, I, I run the gambit um, asking all the questions that that is about sleep, because a lot of people won't think about that. Right. Yeah. I do it in my review systems for the physicals. I ask about, you know, depression. It's, in, it's under the, um, I think it's under like psychiatry. So, you know, it's like depression, anxiety, insomnia. And I ask people. And then a lot of times people won't say anything until I ask them, you know, in that in that part. Um, so I definitely try to put a big emphasis on it because I know like there's actually studies that show as far as, you know, what I do with diabetes and hypertension management, mm-hmm. all that chronic care, that it plays a huge part in diabetes and hypertension Most definitely. and heart, you know, health and brain health, like all of these different things are affected by it, um, which, of course, it makes sense, but it's just not common knowledge for a lot of people. Exactly. And the funny thing is, is that someone doesn't even have to have a sleep disorder. But if even if you have lack of sleep, that can still lead to hypertension, still lead to diabetes, still lead to weight gain. So like doing all of that, getting quality sleep, even if you don't have a sleep disorder like sleep apnea or insomnia mm-hmm. can still can still affect you. So right. that's the beautiful thing about sleep, even with um, me being on social media 
Um, and I'll tell people about that. The first thing is like, yeah, I need to get, you know, good sleep. So like everyone thinks about it. It's almost up there with weight loss. Like when someone says like, oh yeah, you know, my wife, she's a um, weight loss doctor and, um, and dealing with obesity management, as soon as they find out, it's kind of like, I tell her she's like a preacher. So it's like, they start telling her things about it's like, yeah, you know, I could use a, you know, lose a few and start talking about that. And the same thing with being a sleep doctor, they'll do the same thing. It's like, yeah, I need to sleep more. Oh, you know, you know, or they'll try to defend their sleep. He's like, I only need, you know, I only need five and a half hours, maybe four. <laughs> right. Like, oh, it's overrated. It's just like, isn't it? Uh, your body will disagree. But, but so tell me, tell us how much, how much sleep do you, you know, usually try to help your patients get to? So here's the thing. Um, it's different from different ages. And so when you're dealing with adults, um, with adults, it can range anywhere from seven to nine hours of sleep. And as soon as I say, like, even seven, everyone are like, ooh. But the thing is, is that, um, one, you got to give yourself grace. Like, there are some studies that show that there can be short sleepers that gets, like, you know, like maybe six hours of sleep and and can, you know, function well with that. Because even when they came up with those numbers, it was, like, that good range of it. But most people do need that range between seven to nine. And that's where I try to get them at. And I've had patients that, you know, didn't sleep that long like for 20 plus years, but then when I'm working with them and actually get them up to that, they see the difference. Mm -hmm. You only know what you know when you're sleeping a certain way. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. And a lot of it, I'm sure, has to do with culture. So for me, um, my parents are bakers. And so they didn't really sleep a whole lot. They were up, you know, putting cakes in there, go go do whatever. They, they would just be doing whatever they need to do. I don't know. <laughs> and they would sit, they would lay down and take naps at the bakery. They had like a little, you know, they had like a gym mats. They would just lay lay down on and take a nap while the cakes were in the oven. Um, so just, you know, it's a lot of it has to do with what we see our parents do, like the culture. So it's part of the culture of America, but a lot of it is family culture. Oh yeah. And the thing is, is that even with that, because some people, even when they do have jobs and where you might have to do that collectively, you still like if people wake up early and may not get that amount of sleep, they might nap later. And then um, collectively, it'll come up to seven hours mm -hmm. most time. But the world that we live in, you know, it's a lot of screens and a lot of things that are able to keep us up longer or divert us from even trying to sleep. It's something that we have to be in int intentional with. And it's possible. But I always tell people like to give yourself grace, because if you're trying to move towards that, um, way where you're trying to get quality sleep, you know, you, you start with something where say like, look, I'm going to wake up at the exact same time and do that. And I might not be perfect, but at least doing with that. And sometimes it helps correct itself or if someone's yeah. trying to put you in a plan just to give yourself grace. I mean, I do that for myself too. Like if I'm out of town, I know I'm not going to sleep seven hours or if I do, it's going to be at the wrong time because, Hey, I wanted to go out. So <laughs> after midnight versus, cause I usually go to bed at like 10, 10 o'clock. Sometimes 11, because I wake up usually at 6. So usually I'm tired, you know, around 9, 10, 11, and I go to bed. But on the weekend, you might stay up till like midnight. Every once in a while, we might have a little energy, stay up till 1 in the morning, just hanging out, having a fire, you know? So, but it's, it's, it does get off a little bit at times. And so that's what a lot of people will say, too, though. They'll say, well, you know, like maybe Monday through Friday, I'm working two jobs, so I don't sleep that much. But then on the weekends, I catch up on sleep. Let's talk about the catch up on sleep. Oh, the catch up. So it's funny um, because I hear that so many times. And it's funny <laughs> thing you say that I already have the response ready for it. Because I always tell people, you know, Mr. Sandman wants his money. How do you pay him? 
you pay them by sleeping. They literally call it sleep debt for a reason. And mm -hmm. so, for example, say if you need seven, you see, you need seven hours. So Monday through Friday, but you're only getting five. So not only on the weekend will you have to sleep that seven hours, you're going to have to actually sleep an extra five to catch up. And no one's not going to sleep 12 hours, even if you tried. And it's not going to happen consistently. And the thing is, is that, um, and so thinking that you can catch up on sleep from that way is, is really hard to do so. And so, and if you're trying to catch up on sleep and you have to sleep in a certain, you know, pattern, I would rather have someone, like if they have a work schedule where they can't do that, then take a nap during the daytime where you can get closer to that goal time because, you know, it definitely can affect your health. Um, health. And the thing is, is that, um, yeah, Mr. Sandman wants his money. So, <laughs> No, that's good. No, it's just, like I said, a lot of it is people just see what they, what people around them do, or it's just, it's a lot of it is just cultural. But that's why it's important to educate people about it. That's why I spend a lot of time focusing on it because I know it's, it's an area of health that a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously all types of wellness things are just things that people don't know, but sleep is one that I feel, I mean, I feel like we ask a lot about people's exercise habits. We ask a lot about their eating habits. But like I said, I just feel like a lot of doctors don't really ask people about their sleeping habits. Right, and if you ask the experts that are like, as far as like eating habits, and even exercise, they'll tell you like one of the ways of recovery is rest and right. sleep. That's right. a part of it. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, have the mindset of being a machine sometimes where it's hard for us to slow down and hard for us to stop, but actually that's where you recharge your battery. So like right. if you can charge your phone, then you can, you should charge your body because right. you'll see your phone's like, Oh, oh is that 15%? Hold on. This needs to recharge. Cause that's important. Exactly. Think about that, like treat your sleep like that. All right, exactly. I call it robot culture. I feel like I feel like a lot of it has to do with, you know, a lot of our parents were raised in factories and that sort of thing, working in factories. And so they just kind of go, go, go. And so we pick up a lot of that culture. But of course, a lot of people are trying to prioritize more of that work-life balance. We call it our generation oh, yeah. um, of trying to be able to rest. Um, and, you know, I think that even the issue sometimes too is that when people do prioritize rest, um, so the doctors who worked in my office before I did, so I've been in my current practice almost three, three, um, almost three years and the doctors who worked there before they didn't sleep. So they would be answering like my term messages at three in the morning, you know, giving patients these expectations that that's what we're supposed to do. And so sometimes when you actually do the things that you tell patients to do, they will say like, well, why didn't you answer my message? You know, they don't, they didn't say they initially, they did say this kind of thing, mm -hmm. but now they're used to it because I mean, you just set boundaries. Like I'm not going to answer messages at yeah. three in the morning. Like that is insane. You know, you know it's funny. It's true. You have to give yourself that uh, boundaries, especially in um, being in medicine, because yeah. the thing is, is that, you know, medicine is big. And, and before we started, I always tell people with medicine, it'll ask you to give more. And then once you give more, it'll ask for more. So you have to get those boundaries to be even a great pro provider. And it's funny, I'll even tell patients because with those portals and I'm like, look, you can, you can text me anytime. You can text me at three o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to check it, but at least it's there. And, you know, and that's the thing, you know, um, in the past before, you know, we, before EMR, you know, people had to wait. And so, right. you know, our, our providers um, or our mentors before us, you know, when they started, they still had their sleep concerns, but they didn't have the concerns that we have in the tech world where you're right. always on and always available. So you have to give yourself those boundaries. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, another big thing for us as doctors too is that we people do call us. Like, so we're on, we're in my practice, we're on call like every six weeks. So sometimes people will call us and it's, it's, and it's frustrating because people will call you at like midnight, like, okay. oh, it's a positive for COVID. And you're like, the pharmacies are not open. <laughs> right. And it's funny because um, the job where I'm working, I'm, I'm the um, only pediatric neurologist. Mm -hmm. So I have to give myself boundaries or I will be on call 24 seven. Yeah. So, oh, I, I understand that wholeheartedly getting those calls, but then yeah. it's like, you know, understanding, hey, it goes through. It's like waking up, going to the bathroom, going right back and trying to keep yourself. Yeah. the Yeah. Getting quality sleep is a battle, but it's a battle worth fighting for. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's nice for us um, that it's only every six weeks. And my last job, they would only have us do it like one day at a time. So you might have like every Wednesday or something like that. Um, so people do different things. My husband's actually about to go work for the um, for VA, and they don't have call actually there. So in our in our current system, they do do a lot of like uh, triage. Like if somebody calls at like midnight and say, "Oh, I need a refill on my medicine," <clears throat> then they won't they won't put that through. So that's 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 well, what that, I do like. That's about good because, like you said, the pharmacies aren't open. <laughs> Yeah, usually I get that on Friday because, you know, they know going into the weekend, doctor right. office is going to be closed. So you, you get that. And I always, and I, you know, you always tell, try to tell patients, like, look, when you start seeing like that one week left, I'm like, you know, start letting us know. Yeah. No, and that's what's hard because, you know, we talk about robot culture and that's just so much how medicine functions in that kind of way mm -hmm. where they try to make it that like that. But of course, everybody's trying to like, take the culture away from that. Like we're trying to, as physicians, we're trying to prioritize sleep. Cause that's the right. biggest thing. I feel like a lot of doctors don't ask about sleep because they probably don't sleep because it's not really part of our culture and they may not have undone that part of their culture. Like I definitely a long time ago said as a physician, I need to sleep. Like I'm not a superhero. Yeah. I'm not a robot. Like I, I need sleep. Yeah. Doing my sleep fellowship opened my eyes about a lot of things, about just what can happen when you don't get quality sleep. Um, I always tell my patients the story, but um, I have obstructive sleep apnea. I've been treated for 19 years, so I know how it is to get quality sleep. Mm -hmm. But then just opening my eyes more when I was in fellowship, just seeing that in, in training in that, and just knowing some of my colleagues, yeah, they don't they don't get good sleep, and they they know that as well. Or you see their their notes, and you see the time that they sign it. You're like, whoa, you should be sleeping. Um, <laughs> Right. But, you know, uh, but I, I'm very hopeful. And that's why I was in my passion just to show like, hey, you know, just not patients, but colleagues to say right. the, to get the priority of getting quality sleep because it, it makes it better. And the thing is, is that, you know, if you have to give yourself boundaries so you can get that, then that helps change the system as well. Right. Exactly. No, yeah. And they're just going to still, you know, dump things on us to say like, oh, well, you, you were doing it this time. So just just keep doing it. It's like, exactly. yeah, but my health is fading and you right. don't want that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think our generation of, you know, millennials and Gen X, you know, coming in leadership will definitely help that. I actually had a really great idea of like, you know, either they could have nurses triage because a lot of times what we're doing on the phone at the middle of the night is triaging people. So either having nurses who work the night shift can do that or i was saying like why don't they have doctors you know how the radiologists have doctors in australia mm -hmm. who read at night i'm like why don't they have that <laughs> i know that's someone i call well they during the during their daytime Honestly, right that, that, that's that is um that is something that i wish i would have thought of that that's actually <laughs> a pretty good idea seriously 
So yeah, I think that just our generation of people just trying to, because the thing is you have to recognize it's a problem. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the generation before us didn't really see us as a problem, but our generation is like, no, this is a problem. Like we need sleep. We have to sleep. So it's going to take a lot of problem solving to address yeah. it. And if anything, I think they thought it was a problem, but they thought that was like you earning your stripes. Yeah. And now okay. they're learning. It's like, okay, maybe we shouldn't be like that. And, you know, right. that's just, I think every generation, I will say that's one of the benefits because, you know, I know I'm in a different generation now, but I would say the generation that's ahead of us, that's one of the benefits that they they are more aware of like, hey, if it's if it's wrong, they will speak up. And right. I think that's good. Right. There's still yeah. work. You know, that's where I come back because, you know, I'm it's funny. I, I think I caught myself saying back in my day and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a different I'm in a different generation now. Right. No, that's the thing. The it's good because they can recognize that things are wrong or that they could be changed or that it could be a problem. The problem is they're somewhere perfectionists and they think oh. that things are going to be perfect. And so like, we understand that like, you know, the system is not perfect, but you have to work within the system to, and it's never going to be perfect. Right. But you have to work within a system to make it better. Or I feel like sometimes they disengage from it. Like, Oh, it's not perfect. I don't want it. You know? Right. And this funny. I consider myself like a geriatric millennial because, you know, and I looked at the age, I was like, Oh, Okay, so I guess I am a millennial. So it's like, but I'm an old one. So I, you know, right. I'm the kid that remembers, you know, the street light on. It's like, oh, right, go home. No, I'm not. So I'm saying I'm the same age. So they call us Xennials because we're yeah. like on that cusp of Gen X and millennials because yeah. we're like <laughs> you know, in the. We middle. remember when the internet was like, you know, starting. <laughs> we were we were the ones that had the first email addresses, you know. <laughs> so did you? So did you meet Dafina in medical school or in college? Um, no, we met each other in medical school. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I love telling oh, that awesome. story. And, you know, um, I've learned to tell the shortened version of it <laughs> because I was like, uh, um, I was a year, you know, ahead of her. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of like the Student National Medical Association, SNMA, but at our med school, um, it was the Black Medical Association, still an affiliate of it. And mm-hmm. I was like in there and, you know, we were talking to the incoming, you know, first years. And so she saw me first oh, and said yes. like, oh, you know, you know, that's a real, <laughs> that's a real <laughs> man right there. Actually, <laughs> you know, that's a real black man. She was like, yeah, she, she, yeah. Then, you know, with me being a guy, I'm like, you know, just talking and, and then she came and approached me and I said, I like football. So she started talking about football and everything. And yeah, so she, she planted the seed, right. And then, you know, by the end of the week, you know, Ask for a number and, you know, the rest is history, you know, Uh 13 years of marriage later, two kids, two kids later. Now, that's awesome. So Robert and I met in undergrad. We met when we were like 18 years old in honors chemistry. And Um, it took us a really long time to date because he is kind of shy. And so I had to eventually be the one to like ask him out. But it took me a long time to figure it out because we're like 18 years old, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, still learning about life. <laughs> hey, I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to ask him out maybe at some point. So no, but um, I was asking that because back in the day, we used to, when we first started talking, we used to send each other messages on AIM. AIM. AIM I, I knew you were going to say that. Yep. <laughs> in our dorm rooms, in our dorm rooms, we sent each other AIM messages before there was texting. I know the, uh, Facebook, all this yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah, it's just funny because like we basically grew up with technology. 
So that's what I'm saying. Like we we will be the generation that probably will be able to solve a lot of these problems as, as kind of that bridge between a time when there wasn't technology and a time right. when there was. We literally so. saw it start. Yeah. I always look at my kids and realize like all they know is like tablets and cell phones right. and smartphones. You know, I remember like learning how to use it, you know. My kids, when they were like two years old, they knew how to like put in the like the pin number so they can watch their, you know, little baby bomb or cocoa melon. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's really funny to see all of the because the biggest thing for me too, like I remember there's so many things that have only been around for like not that long. Like one time, I think maybe in 2014, we went to we not to Michigan, we went to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship. Uh -huh. And um and we were like trying to get a tax. We were literally trying to get taxis back for our hotel because there wasn't such thing as Uber yet. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> so, you know, two years ago there was no Uber. Like oh. literally, when I started med when I started residency in 2013, that was like when the one of the first iPhones came out, and it was like the apps were not even that good, and it's just crazy. Like in 10 years, so much has changed with apps and yeah. Apps uber and lyft and airbnb and doordash like it's yeah. crazy <laughs> no and it's funny and it's not and i where i live now is like in a smaller city like an hour and a half north of detroit saginaw michigan yeah. and i remember when the, and when it starts coming into the smaller cities you're like okay we we've arrived and you know and seeing things like that yeah. which goes back to our tech world which you got to be careful of because like everything right. is always on which Right. goes back to sleep it, it can keep you up you know even right. like watching netflix like it doesn't even give you you can't even touch the remote before it goes to the next episode yeah so talk a little bit about that about you know let's talk some about before we wind down um let's talk about just some of uh our wind down routine so i personally i don't watch a lot of tv and uh, we don't have a tv in our bedroom we never have we live together for since 2010 so we've lived together for 13 years we never had a, a tv in our bedroom um because we're both doctors and we're like we're not supposed to do that so you know sure funny with me and i will admit me being a sleep doctor there is a tv in our bedroom but there's a story with that because yeah. you know and i remember when my daughter was um born it was right before our sleep felt like my sleep medicine fellowship and um you know when i'm in sleep medicine fellowship and she's like um, like two and we're going to have our second child. And I was like, you know, we really shouldn't have a TV in our room. She, and, but, you know, my wife's like, look, I'm nursing your children. And I'm like, <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, right. I'll let this one slide. So right. but we really don't um, keep it on. But um, right. so, like I said, those wind down times, I think, you know, it's good to do something to like to, to slow it down. And so even if you do watch TV, I think that's okay. Um, no, I usually just turn it off like a certain time. And yeah, not, and that's the thing. You turn it off at a certain time. And like, and if you're watching something, you know, don't watch something that's going to like keep you up at night or keep your heart racing. So, right. you know, be mindful of that, especially if you're having problems. Like, look, if you're not having any problems falling asleep, you're getting your seven hours, then hey, watch, watch your scary movie before going to bed, right. you know? <laughs> and then, yeah, and just, um, just being intentional on like, you know, going to bed. And the thing is, is that, and this is a longer talk, but with people that do have insomnia, I know that sometimes you feel like you're laying down. And even if you don't have it, where you have mind racing, where you feel like your mind is just going, 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 I usually tell patients, you know, if that's happening, get a piece of paper, write down what you're thinking. And that's telling your mind, like, look, I know that you're going and thinking about those thoughts, but you're putting it 
on paper, you fold it up and just tell your mind, like, look, we're saving this for the next day. Right. Yeah. As women, it's hard to do that. <clears throat> so I generally have to drown out my thoughts with either. Um, so like, you know, if I am watching TV, like last night I watched TV for a little bit, I turn off the TV and then I try to, you know, then when I get in the bed, I put my phone down mm -hmm. and charge it, of course, and I just don't touch it. And what's nice now is like, you have, we have Siri now. Um, so like if I, if I don't fall asleep immediately, I'll ask Siri to play like certain songs. I have certain songs I can listen to that help me fall asleep. Um, sometimes I'll go on audible, um, and I'll listen to like, uh, they have bedtime stories. Somebody yeah. they have people who read bedtime stories. So a lot of times, sometimes if I really can't sleep and my mind is going like a lot, then I have to have something to kind of dr drown out. Right. That. And, and that's good too. That or, you know, nice music. You can do like good breathing methods. Like there's like this four, seven, eighth method method of breathing that you can do to help you fall asleep as well um the 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 thing i tell patients look if it's but if it's taking more than 20 minutes get out of bed and it's like it's sometimes it's just retraining your brain um for that yeah yeah so that's the thing like and it's, it's for me i don't only really use the bed to sleep so i don't generally have <clears throat> that much trouble falling asleep um it just depends some days it's just that way um where you might yeah. have a little bit Look, life happens, bad days happen. Um, and sometimes, you, yeah, if that does happen, you just do your best to give yourself grace and, and keep trying again. Exactly. Such is life. Right. It happens to me more when I go to bed earlier than you. Like last night, I think I went to bed at like 930 because I was like, it's time to go to bed. But I don't usually like I don't usually go to sleep that early. So I was in bed for maybe, but I, you know, it was just like a longer wind out time. Sometimes I'll take a bath too. Sometimes taking a bath, oh, yeah. you know, cool. I like to drink tea, like um, drink a cup of tea. Um, so I do a lot of different stuff to wind down depending on what I have going on. But I generally don't have a lot of trouble sleeping because I work out. So that's another thing we haven't really talked about. Like getting to go work out and eating, eating uh, I, I, you know, I don't eat a lot of heavy meals. I don't eat a lot of things that will give me heartburn. Yeah. And sometimes um, even working out like right, not too close to bedtime, but right before bedtime, right. that helps facilitate you getting to sleep as well. Right. Yeah, like sometimes we will work out like at seven or so and then, you know, eat dinner, um, like salad or something, not like a carby dinner <laughs> before going to bed. So, you know, it depends on our on our work schedule, but I just try to stay active. Like I usually work out, they say, you know, you're supposed to work out 150 minutes or so per week. Uh, I usually do. I usually do almost that in like one day. So like on Wednesday, I do two workouts um I work I try to at least go for a walk like on Friday or Sunday so I'll stay fairly active like I usually probably get like double the recommendation um so that helps um, the most I'm sure people even just got yeah it's the consistency you know right. just keeping consistency that that helps um with you that helps your body that even helps your circadian rhythm which is a right. fancy way of saying like your body's clock is saying like when you should be sleeping and when you should wake up right yeah that's the biggest thing like with everything, like with your activity, with your sleep, with your, like our body is a machine. You know, I tell people a lot of times it's like a car, you know, so you have to have it, have some rest. You know, cars got to rest too. They can't just go and go and go. Exactly. You got to have, uh, put good oil in it. You got to put good gas in it. Yeah. You have to um, make sure you check up. Yeah. Yeah. I always They can't that. sit for too long. They can't sit right. for too long either. That's not good for them. So it's just kind of like, treating your body in that way of you know you don't want it to be a robot but you do want to recognize that it, it needs things like a like everything else <laughs> like yes. so, to operate so 
All right. Anything else you want to say to the people before we head off of here? Um, that, um, you know, as I, I like to end it the same way I started, look, sleep is important. And honestly, if ask yourself, how do you think you're sleeping? And if there's ever any problem with that, talk to your provider about it and really ask your bed partner because you'd be surprised about how you might be sleeping, but um, you might not know. I always tell um, everyone the hardest part about my job, I have to talk to patients about things that happen when they're unconscious. And mm -hmm. so that is something that, you know, it is important and you'd be surprised how productive you can be, how better you can feel when quality sleep is happening. Right. Awesome. And I guess, uh, I guess we can have you come back sometime about giving tips about uh, like trying to sleep with a CPAP or anything like that. Sometimes oh. people say it's hard to sleep with a CPAP. I always tell them to go back to sleep medicine. They'll come to me in primary care and be like, oh, <laughs> I'm not using it because I like go back to sleep medicine. I know. Well, the thing is, is that it's about support and it's yeah. about understanding that CPAP is not the only way to treat right. sleep apnea. And that's what you call as a nugget to get me back on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll stop it there. We'll get you back. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to, you know, be on our podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. Sleep influencing. Um, so tell everybody where to, where to follow you again. So you can do it on Facebook. You can do it on um, LinkedIn and Instagram, but look up Sleep Dr. Chris. So Sleep Dr. Chris. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll tag you when I post the graphic for this. I appreciate uh, and that. And thank you for having me. Like, yeah, I'm really excited about this. And just even on a personal note, it's just seeing like, you know, where we were and right. where we're at now. So it's a beautiful thing. So right. definitely honored. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to have you. No, until okay. November when we are adversaries. No, <laughs> I, I know. Well, trust me. Oh, I got something in store, but we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that later. I <laughs> know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what to say. Well, hopefully, this is this two years in a row with Michigan. Y'all trying to get it together. Hey, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I remember you said one was a problem, but two, hey, that's consistency. <laughs> no, 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 we'll see. We'll see if y'all can the magic it number. Let it we'll be three. Oh, just it let up. it be three. You will know. You will know. <laughs> All right. No, it is football season two. Ah, right. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll see you then. Um, but we'll plan to have you back uh, on the podcast probably next year. Talk more about troubleshooting different sleep um, issues they have, especially with equipment or just different options. Because sleep apnea is very common, you know. Oh, definitely. Um, it's 80 percent undi undiagnosed. Oh, Again, wow. Another nugget to tune in for the next episode. <laughs> Exactly. All right. So thank you all for joining. Hope you stay well and we'll see you next time. Wellness Wednesday. Eat well, think well, move well, sleep well. Wellness Wednesday.